Welcome to Macro Monday on Investec Focus Radio SA, a podcast about what's driving global and local markets. I'm Chris Holdsworth, Chief Investment Strategist at Investec Wealth and Investment. Every Monday morning, I'll update you on key developments from the past week and what you need to know about the week ahead. If you'd prefer to watch a video with the graphs and charts I referred to in the podcast, just go to investec.com forward slash Macro Monday. Good morning. This week, we're going to have a look at the range of inflation prints that have come out across the globe over the past week. We'll have a look at some pretty important changes to the consensus forecast for GDP growth in the US. And finally, we'll look at some signs which suggest that the electricity situation might be turning in SA. We're going to start off with inflation. So far, we've seen inflation prints for 36 of the 50 largest economies for September. In aggregate, median inflation has just drifted down very mildly over the past month. And we did see increases for several countries, those countries with low inflation prints to start off with. So the countries with low inflation saw their numbers tick up a little bit. For most of the rest of the globe, inflation has come down. And what that implies is that there's early evidence that inflation is converging at a level which is probably uncomfortably high for central banks. And this is something we'll have to keep a very close eye on. It's not quite reason for concern just yet. Those increases that we've seen for for those low inflation countries are largely due to increases in energy prices. And and those are pretty volatile. They could well turn around in, in the next month or two. But so far, the evidence suggests that inflation is drifting down at a rate which is probably too slow for central banks. Having said that, despite the fact that inflation is only drifting down, it did surprise on the downside for 50% of the countries that have reported so far. So it's heading down very slowly, but that, in fact, is still better than had been widely expected. Inflation expectations have been ramped up a little, certainly over the short term, over the past couple of months due to higher energy prices. So in aggregate, inflation only coming down, but that is still better than had been widely expected. The U.S. was one of the few countries to see inflation surprise on the upside. The inflation print came out at 3.7% in line with where it was last month. And if we scratch a little, you'll see that the month-on-month increase was was pretty sizable at 0.4%. And what that means is that inflation is likely to remain elevated for a little while. It's going to take some time before the very large month-on-month increase we saw last month and this month fall out of that 12-month calculation. And the net result is that we expect that inflation in the U.S. will still be above 3% come March next year. Now, the Fed doesn't target headline inflation. They target core PCE inflation, and those numbers will come out in a couple of weeks or so. There is a difference between the two, given what's happening in energy markets. But broadly speaking, the Fed, having looked at these numbers, would see little reason to shift their view, which is that inflation is still uncomfortably high for them, and it is coming down, but coming down more slowly than they would like. It is important to note that if you strip out shelter out of the headline number, inflation in the U.S. is running at 2%. Now, you can't simply strip out shelter. It's a large component of expenditure. But what it does suggest is that ex-shelter, the inflation story, is already okay. And if you look at shelter inflation, which is still pretty elevated above 7%, it is heading in the right direction. So it is still probably a, a matter of simply waiting it out. And as shelter inflation rolls over, and there are key leading indicators for shelter inflation suggesting that it's going to continue to decline over the next few months, we will ultimately land up with inflation at an acceptable level for the Fed probably by around about the middle of next year. China is a completely different story. Chinese inflation is currently running at 0%. It was below the consensus forecast of 0.2. It's been low for a little while. There's ample space for further stimulus 
in China. And we're hearing rumors now of more stimulus to be announced within the next couple of weeks. As it is, the key leading indicator for Chinese economic activity is total social finance. The total social finance numbers that came out last week surprised materially on the upside. The net result is that the three-month average is up around about 15% year-on-year. That tells us that Chinese economic activity is likely to pick up within the next nine months or so, and fairly aggressively. And if we look at several indicators of Chinese economic activity, they've all started to pick up. If anything, it suggests that the slowdown, the weakness, that soft patch that we saw for the Chinese economy is probably behind us. Switching to the US, we've been waiting for material slowdown or recession for some time. And part of the reason we've been waiting is shown in this chart over here, which shows the number of days that the US yield curve has been inverted. And what that means is that 10-year bond yields have been below cash. Normally, when that happens, a recession is not too far away, as you can see in, in the data going back to the 60s. The current environment has been somewhat unique in that the yield curve has been inverted in the US for 240 days. It's the longest period that we've seen. So it's us and the market more broadly has been waiting for this recession, given the history, and it simply hasn't come about yet. There are signs that the US economy is slowing. If you look at consumer credit, as an example, consumer credit in August went back quite materially. It was well below the consensus forecast, and that declined for two reasons. One, U.S. consumers started to pay back their student debt in anticipation of the student debt repayments kicking off in October. And for two, interest rates for credit cards have ramped up in the U.S., currently at the highest rate that we've seen in at least 30 years, and that rate at the moment is sitting at 21%. So interest rate increases are starting to have an impact. If you look at lending standards, lending standards have been tightened in the U.S. Typically, there's a five-quarter lag with regards to credit extension. And what it tells us is within the next few quarters or so, we should expect a material decline in industrial loans too. So consumer credits rolling over, industrial loans likely to roll over soon as well. All of that tells us that we're likely to see a contraction in the credit space, and normally that would come with a material slowdown economic activity. But growth is still pretty reasonable at the moment. The consensus forecast is that US GDP growth in Q3 is likely to be around 3%. And the reason those consensus forecasts have been ramped up is the economic data that's come out quarter to date, okay, we still got a couple of, of data points to go for August, and then we're starting to get the September data coming through now. So there's, there's still some data to go for Q3, but of the data that has come through so far, it suggests that the US economy is in rude health. The Atlanta Fed GDP now estimate is suggesting that the US economy grew in Q3 by 5%. So the Atlanta Fed number says 5%, consensus says 3%. All the leading indicators suggest that there's a slowdown that's due, but it's just not happening at the moment. And I think this goes some way in explaining why the US market has been as resilient as it has been over the past 12 months or so. The consensus forecast at this moment is that the U.S. is not going to go into recession. The consensus forecast is that growth in Q3 is around 3%, and then it drifts down over the coming year to a level of around about 0.5% in Q3 next year. And that's materially different from what the forecasts were around six months or so ago. We still expect that there's going to be a recession. We look at all the leading indicators that we track, and they largely still suggest that a recession is due. But that is now no longer the consensus view. Switching to South Africa, we've had some encouraging data from ESCOM over the past couple of weeks. The energy availability factor has been up year on year. And if we were to aggregate the data into half years for the second half to date, 
the energy availability factor is down just about a half a percent year on year. And that's quite materially different from what we've seen over the past couple of years, which have been characterized by consistent declines in the energy availability factor, but also an accelerating decline in the energy availability factor. So it's quite encouraging that the data appears to have started to turn. It's not due to a material change in their planned maintenance. It's not that planned maintenance has been reduced. Planned maintenance is roughly in line with where it normally is for this time of the year. It's unplanned maintenance um, that, that is improving, and long may that last. So this by itself suggests a, a bottoming of the electricity situation in SA, but of course this ignores completely everything else that we're seeing with regards to solar generation in, in SA and the rollout that we're seeing, which eases the pressure for corporates and consumers more broadly. And putting it all together, we think at this point we are passing the worst of the electricity situation. It's obviously something we need to keep a close eye on. And as things stand, ESCOM is still a binding constraint on growth in SA, but the outlook is improving. And hopefully over the next 12 months or so, we'll see reduced diesel spend for SA corporates and we'll see an easing electricity situation more broadly. And that's where we're going to leave it for this week. That's all for this episode. Do tune in next week for more investment insights from me, Chris Holdsworth, and the Investec Wealth and Investment team. If you haven't yet added us to your podcast feed, you can subscribe to Investec Focus Radio SA wherever you listen. And please take a minute to rate our podcast so we can surface this content to the broader investment community. If you want to see the graphs that are referenced in the podcast, you can watch a video version of this recording at investec.com forward slash macromonday. The views expressed are those of the contributors at the time of publication and do not necessarily represent the views of Investec Wealth and Investment International and should not be taken as advice, guidance, or recommendation. Investec Wealth and Investment International, a member of the JSC Equity, Equity Derivatives, Currency Derivatives, Bond Derivatives, and Interest Rate Derivatives Markets, an authorized financial services provider and a registered credit provider.